Hey fam, it's me with a few announcements before we start this very important Rewind episode. First, it is National Adoption Awareness Month and you know I am all about it because as a member of this community, I am honored to be a proud adoptive mom. And so this Rewind is my husband and I telling our adoption story, why we chose to go through the foster care system, and what it has meant to be the mom and dad of these two beautiful babies that God gave to us. Also, I'm super excited because this year I get to celebrate becoming a new tante as my sister has joined the adoption family and adopted a beautiful baby girl and you will hear all about her later this month. Also, Thanksgiving is in November and it's a time of reflection and to help those who need it. And so if you donate to our nonprofit, Sisters Empowering Women, you will help us help others. Some of the young ladies that we're working with, their families have fallen on tough times and they need a little help this Thanksgiving and Christmas season and we want to be there for them. So if you go to our website, www.inmyshoestoday.com and look for that donate button for Sisters Empowering Women, which is the nonprofit arm of In My Shoes, you can help us help them. We'll be sure to keep you updated on all you were able to help us do for them. And to all my adoptive families out there, happy National Adoption Awareness Month. Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing on a daily basis. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. And I have a very special guest with me today. It is adoption. He's laughing. It is Adoption Awareness Month. And I was committed to doing a couple of episodes, maybe not every week, but two or three episodes about uh, the importance of adoption. Y'all know how much it means to me. And so I have with me today this guy named Ron Thompson. He's my husband, y'all. We're going to talk about our adoption journey. Say hello, dear. Hello, dear. <laughs> <sighs> You're so difficult. Okay, tell everybody hi and a little bit about yourself. You've been on before, but just, you know, refresh their memory. Hi. Um, as my wife said, I am her husband. Uh, we, uh, we met at Florida A&M University. Um, so we're both Rattlers. Um, we've been married for 23 years, um, and uh, we have two wonderful children. And, um, you know, we've gone through this journey together, and it's been a wonderful journey. Um, I am an assistant principal um, in Hillsborough County School System, and, um, you know, that's about it, you know. Thank you very much. So Hillsborough County, if you, uh, I know you let people listen from everywhere is in Tampa, Florida, which is where we are from. And uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and get started. So um, did you ever think that you would be an adoptive parent? You know, I've thought about that question quite a few times as and wondering how I got to this stage. Um, and I don't know if I can say that I, I, ever thought I would be an adoptive parent um it it um although I knew I wanted to be a parent um and that was uh it is I can't say that I really did (laughs) so it wasn't anything that you had thought about before you and I got together I thought about it a little bit yes Mm -hmm. I did um you know um Probably as a single man, as like you know, it was something that did cross my mind at some point. But um, I can't say that I gave it serious consideration. But it was something that I did think about at some point in time. Mm-hmm. And so when you and I met, and um, just to set the stage, so I knew, as I've said before, that pregnancy wasn't necessarily going to be easy for me. Um, 
my mother did not get pregnant easily. My sister had to use some um, infertility treatments to get pregnant. Um, I'd already kind of been having some issues that signaled to me that it most likely was not going to be easy. And I also knew that I was not interested in infertility treatment. As I've said before, everybody has a right to do what they are most comfortable with. And for me, I just felt like emotionally that's not a road I wanted to go down, especially if I knew I was fine adopting. Um, And so, you know, you and I had a conversation where we were dating and I said to you, um, you know, I don't think this is going to happen easily for me. If it doesn't, I am down with adopting. I'm not going through any infertility treatments, nothing against anybody who chooses to do that. It's just not a road that I want to go down. I am fine adopting. And if that is an issue for you, or if you really, really want a biological child, then perhaps this relationship uh, doesn't need to go any further. I am not going to be the girl for you. Um, so how did you feel when I said that to you as we were dating and it was getting serious? It was a conversation that definitely needed to be hap- that needed to happen. Um, we, you know, we needed to be on the same page as far as um, starting our family. And obviously we, you know, we, I, I, I think I've said this to you before that um, I was not necessarily a fan of going the route of infertility and, uh, um, and, uh, it's one, the cost and two, the, the, um, the burden (laughs) that, you know, you had to take on, um, with that. And, um, and again, anybody that chooses those, those means, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, talking down on that that particularly that everybody has to choose their their path and it just just to say it was not a path that I was necessarily um a fan of going down and and as I said you know you the burden wouldn't be on me it'd be on you to have to you know go through these medical treatments and um and I just I I did not want to go that route and so when we finally decided to or should I say <laughs> when you presented me with the opportunity to uh go through um foster care to adopt um I was like okay let's go you know um again I wanted to start my family um and 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 you know I was looking to be a parent and again, we we discussed this and walked through the process. Um, you were very upfront about it, and um, you showed you had strong feelings about it. And that's 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 pretty much how I felt about it. So when you say I presented you with the opportunity, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, let, let, I, as I recall, it's like okay, Ron, we're going to give this X amount of. <laughs> We're gonna give this an opportunity, uh, or should I say, we're gonna try this for a couple of months and three hundred sixty-five days. There you go. No, it wasn't three hundred sixty-five days. It was a couple of months. Well, three hundred sixty-five <laughs> days was how long I was willing to try getting pregnant. That was your limit. Yeah, yeah, that was mine. <laughs> well, because I kind of felt like, you know, are we, how long before you say, okay, this isn't working? Mm-hmm. I mean, did you you wanted to try longer than three hundred sixty-five no, days? No, no. I mean, again, I wasn't. I didn't want that pressure of, okay, we got to try and we don't get here. We don't get to, we don't get pregnant. I I didn't want that. I did not want that pressure. That puts a whole lot of strain on a relationship and that's not something I was willing to go through. And, you know, when I was presented with the opportunity and I say like probably like three to six months in, um, 
you know, uh, I was like, okay, let's go, <laughs> you know, and uh, we went through the, we went through the, the, the classes and, um, you know, it was, it was a very eye-opening experience and, um, you know, I have to say I'm glad we did it. Okay, so let me, you know, he, he, he likes to, uh, when I was presented. So, yes, I did say I wanted to give it a year. We started the classes. I felt like it made sense to start the classes early because it takes months, right, for you to get through all of it. You have to take classes. You have to get a home study. You have to have this entire application done um, in some ways, and you can tell me if you agree. So I just wanted to clear that up for all, for all y'all listening. <laughs> that, that was the reason why I said, hey, while we're trying to get pregnant, if we know we are not um, opposed to adoption, it takes a really long time um, for you to get the process started and completed so that they can start placing children with you. Um, whether it's going to be a private adoption, which could take even longer because you're actually trying to wait to be chosen by a birth parent, or you're waiting for um, all of your paperwork and stuff to come through um, through foster care. So um, <laughs> one of the things that has uh, always been kind of interesting and somewhat irritating to me is the hoops that you have to jump through to become an adoptive parent, whether it's through the foster care or through private adoption. Um, and it's like, if I were to have a baby, I could be, you know, totally inept and hey, I got pregnant, I can have a baby. But the stuff they make you go through to adopt, and sometimes I think, you know, like I think I mentioned this before, I was watching one of those talk shows, like The Real or something, and they were talking about how, um, you know, I think you just really need to make sure that it's going to be a good home. And I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't look into those things, but do you feel sometimes like there's this added, I guess, pressure or whatever when you're trying to adopt through foster care adoption, whereas you could get pregnant with a baby and just, you know, hey, have this baby and they give you all of these chances to keep the child, you know, and it may be years before they come to the conclusion that, yeah, this isn't really for you to be doing. And the baby has to suffer, yet we're held to like a different standard or under a microscope. How do you feel about that? The process was difficult at times and the things that we encountered along the way, um, it, it they the, the things we counted on the way could be rather cumbersome to deal with. Um, you know, the like you said, the weight, um, the the challenges, you know, we, we have to make sure that you're a good fit or um or even the fact that we have to have not only do you have to have a certain level of on your background check, but then you gotta have references from people to say you're a good person. Mm -hmm. I mean, did you ever feel like some of that stuff was like really? I mean when there are, you know, part of the reason why you have foster care is because their parents are not some, it, it's not always that they were just unwilling to do the right thing. Circumstances happen, life happens. But did you ever feel like, you know, like I, I know there's a couple we knew who great guy did something as a teen, right? And to this day, there's, it's almost like it's a, it's a life sentence. You did something as, as a teenager, you're now in your thirties, whatever you've been completely law abiding but they were not allowed to be a part of foster care and then ultimately to adopt. Their only option would have been private adoption, mm. that type of thing. You know, has, was that ever, did you ever feel like, oh my God? Yeah, I, I think I did. And, and, the, and, and now that you mentioned that situation, it's like where, like you said, where does that, that stop? Especially if you have been a law-abiding citizen 
and and you have done well in society and you have a heart for kids, that's difficult because a lot of children can use a great place to go and great people to be around, whether they're there for uh, temporary uh, or or permanently, you know, they're temporarily there or they're permanently there. I, I think that's that's a shame that you know we we have to sometimes jump through those hoops, um, you know. But at the same time, I also understand that you know they they have to make sure that it's a safe place for the child because you know they're already dealing with a possible traumatizing situation, and being in education, I've had you know a number of uh, opportunities to witness. Uh, um, some very heart-wrenching situations where children were not in the best um, scenario and they've had to be removed and um, put somewhere else. And um, it's that, that process is easier when you have a safe place for that child that you know that it's a safe place for the child to go. Um, you know, and, and you, you have families out there that have a heart for children and want to see the child um, do well and, and be well and 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 feel good about themselves. So, um, but yeah, it's it's hard to to have to go through all of that and knowing you're the type of person you are and um, it's just very difficult. You know, it's like you said, it's easier to you know probably have a child nap, you know by birth, but again, you know this is also a rewarding. Um, this is also a rewarding path to go down as well. Yeah, it is. And I, and I do understand the importance of making sure that they're in a safe environment. Um, you know, and in this person's case, it's not like what they were accused of had anything to do with children. So, you know, just to clear that, make sure everybody's clear on that. But, you know, it just feels like, wow, you know, you can break the law, do all kinds of stuff, have a baby. And it's like, you know, but this, you know, you, you have this desire um, you've been a, a upstanding citizen since that one mistake you made as a child, as a young person. Um, and it's just sad because it's a case where, you know, I felt like those were people who would have been amazing at it, but weren't um, given that opportunity. And just sometimes, I mean, I know it's different when you have a child naturally, but it just feels like the hoops that you had to jump through. Um, I am, I, you know, the background check, I'm all for that. Checking out my home, I'm all for that. Making sure I have a, um, a stable income, you know, but then you got to have three or four people to, you know, um, give you references to say you have you, you're good you have good character. There are certain things that if you've been accused of and not talking about anything that has to do with children, you're just flat out denied the opportunity to do it, no matter what. Even if you can show a clean record since then, mm -hmm. um, so just those little things. Sometimes I felt like really, um, you know. And again, it can be frustrating. I've talked to people who talk about how frustrating it is when you see people who can just pop out babies like it's nothing, they're not taking care of them, they're barely able to support them, and then you have couples like us who it's like all of this to, to become a parent. You know, but as you said, at the end of the day, I, I would do it all over again because, you know, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to make a difference if we could do that. And so, um, you know, of course I'm overjoyed that we stayed the course and did it. Um, have you ever got, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, and I, I know I've talked about how many times I get ignorant questions and stuff like that, but have you had people, friends, family, make comments or say things to you that you felt were like, for real, did you just ask me that? Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and 
you know, I, it, it's it's as frustrating for me as it is for you. Um, you know, uh, you know, I, I've gotten that question. Well, you know, did you want to have your own kids? And I'm like, that's what I. Yeah, I I I do have my own kids. I you know I went through the process um, to have my own kids. Right. Um, you know, for me. And you know my background, and you know how I was 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 reared and how I came up. Um, my parents, my biological parents, um, obviously were you know they didn't stay together, but you know they 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 remarried, and each of the spouses that they chose, they never treated me any differently than if I were their own biological child. And I'm very close to them and. I often say this to you and to everyone else, and you know, we, we jokingly say that we need a program to figure out who you're talking about. But I don't refer to my my parents, my my I don't refer to them as step parents. I don't. That's a that's a word that I don't use simply because they're my parents. They're my my, my mom, my dad, regardless. And so, um. I was raised in love, and that's the way I look at it. And those are my children, period. And I, for someone to give me that question and say, did you want to have your own kid? I, those are my own kids. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, that they, they are. I don't, I don't know what else you, you know what I mean. No, I don't. <laughs> you know, that's, and I've gotten that question a few times, and it, it can be rather irritating. And I think that that was one thing that I thought, um, in my opinion, you can tell me if I'm right or wrong, was something that was helpful to you to understand uh, going down this path because of the way you were raised. And you were right. When we first met, you'd say my dad or my mom. And I'm like, wait. So I had to like go through and listen to what you were saying to figure out which dad or which mom you were talking about. And sometimes I just have to say, which which mama, <laughs> which daddy? Because you don't use step when you're referring to any of your parents. And so um, do you think that having that background made it a little easier for you to understand the path? Because there are people who just, they don't get it. They don't understand why you want to do it. It's not your biological child. Why are we doing this? Um, do you think that was part of what helped you to be able to be as open? Because I have to say you were very open to it. Um, you didn't make me feel like, oh, well, I don't know if I want to do this with you then. Um, so do you think that the way you were raised had something to do with it? I think it did. I think it had a great deal to, to do with why I was so open to it. And as I said to you many times that if I, I, it would be hypocritical of me to shun that process and just say, yeah, I just don't want to, you know, I want, I want to, you know, I want a biological child. I, that would be very hypocritical of me. And it really blocks your blessings, <laughs> so to speak, when you don't realize how blessed you are. And I was very blessed as a child growing up with the amount of love that I received from um, my parents and all that they put into me. So, yeah, I think that that made it much easier for me to decide that this was the way to go. And did you ever think that, um, was there ever a time when, you can tell me we've been married a long time now, I won't, you know, I won't fight you. <laughs> did you ever, get, was there a part of you that thought, hmm, maybe this isn't the girl for me with what she's saying, especially not not so much because 
I maybe would not be able to get pregnant without intervention, but the fact that I was not willing to go down the infertility route at all, like y'all, I'm being straight up. It was not something I was going to do, period. And if you've never listened to the show, it was for me, I just felt emotionally to go through that process. Um, You know, I've watched people, friends of mine do it um, and the pain every, you know, every procedure and then it doesn't work. And then something else. And some sometimes some of them are extremely painful. Um, and it just wasn't what I felt I wanted to do to my body or emotionally. I just knew I, that's not what I wanted. So did you ever think, you know, I need a minute to think about this if she's not willing to even attempt to go that next step if this doesn't happen naturally? Again, fertility was never on the table. I, you know, it never was on the table when I think back on that. Um, we were in agreement on that. That was not a right. We, we talked about it, if I'm if I remember correctly. And um, and I'm talking about when we were married as well as, you know, well before. Like I said, you, you know, you were up front and you gave me you 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 say, hey, look, I'm just letting you know now this is where we where I am with this. And, you know, it was never on the table and I was never. um while I while I can't say that I gave deep thought to adoption, um, I I can't say that I never I I was extremely opposed. I wasn't opposed to it either. Um, you know, um, and I've said this to you before as well. It that that comes down to a woman in her body and the choices she makes. And as I said, I didn't feel that that was a call I needed to make. I could not. When I say a call to make, like I, I did not feel like I, you know, let's let's try this, dear. Let's you know, again, you were going to be doing a lot of the heavy lifting in a, in that situation, you know, or if that was a situation that you had decided to to go through. And I, you know, my my feeling was, you know, that's not something I'm going to put her through. I'm not going to put our relationship through that. Um, you know if. I just wanted to be a parent, <laughs> you know, and it, it was, and I, and I love kids. And so the, if I, if I truly wanted to be a parent, then, you know, okay, step up, let's, you know, the step up, this is what you said you wanted and let's, let's get this done. And again, but that was never on the table. And like I said, it goes back to, you know, you've, it's your body and you have to feel comfortable in what you do with your body. And I do think that, um, you know, it was important to me. I just felt like it was an important conversation to have because it's one of those things where you get married and you get down that road and now it's not working naturally and now you're at this crossroads, right? And if the two people don't have the same philosophy about, okay, what should the next steps be? Um, I just feel like it could cause a problem, you know, and I had a, you know, I I talked with the guest. I haven't aired her episode yet, but she talked about the fact that she had even told her husband that if he wanted to leave because she was not able to have a child and they can't really figure out why there's a lot of unexplained infertility, she gave him the opportunity to say, this isn't going to be for me, you know, and I didn't want to have to be that girl that now I have to have this conversation with you and hope that you're on the same page I'm on when I already knew that most likely this was going to be an issue. And I did find out, as you know, early later on that I was right. Um, you know, I did have multiple surgeries. 
um, because the pain was starting to get worse. You know, the fibroids, the endometriosis, it was like, it, it was becoming debilitating. And so I ended up having one surgery to remove the fibroids and then they started coming back. And then, you know, you know, and it's funny, even in the medical community, when a woman says, yo, you can go ahead on take whatever you need to take out. I, I, I'm, I'm so good at adopting. And it was like, well, you say that now, but you know, I've had women who even did something as simple as having their tubes tied and then they remarry. And then I'm like, bro, <laughs> I am not, yo. Cause once I had the first procedure and I had the fibroids removed, he said to me, you know, I know you say you tried, but you you weren't going to be successful, sis, with all the fibroids you had in there. He was just like, sis. You're talking about Dr. Commodore. Yeah, that's what he was. He was, he was my doc. You know, <laughs> he, bas- he basically broke me down and was like, yeah, that don't count. And I'm like, it counts in my book. I'm not doing this again. And so he's like, you're for real. I'm like, I had these pr- this procedure for relief from the pain, not because I was trying to get pregnant, dog. I got a baby. And I can have another one if that's what I want to do, <laughs> you know. So I did find out later on that I was correct in what I thought would be the case. And how did you feel when he told me I had a small window and I told that brother to close that window <laughs> because I'm not trying to. I mean, at that point, our son was a baby. And I'm like, you really want me to try this? And I got an infant with this small window. And he told me that I would have to have a C-section. He, he flat out told me that also. So I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. (laughs) How did you feel when those conversations took place? Once I had surgery, found out that I was correct, but now he was excited about this small window after those seven or eight fibroids were removed. (laughs) That entire process was, if not anything, uh, it was a mixture of things. One, frustrating, and two, hilarious. Um. (laughs) It was hilarious because I don't know how many husbands have to make that uh, little field trip to the doctor's office with their wife, but it was very interesting for me where I'm like, I recall us going to one of your appointments <laughs> with the doctor, and this is the first time I've ever been in an office like this, you know, and I'm like in sitting. In the gynecological and, office. There you go. I'm sitting <laughs> looking around like, okay, what is, this is interesting. So, um, you know, I'm in here. It's like I'm actually going on a field trip with my wife to the doctors so that I can basically almost like testify in court. Yes, your honor. Yes. Um, I mean, and, and I, and I told him I'm perfectly fine. You've got to go do, this is what she wants done. Get it done. You know, cause what he's talking about. So at one point uh, they had removed the fibroids and within less than a year, they were returning for some women. You take the fibroids out and all is well. For other women like myself, they um, begin to return. And so it meant that I would have had to, as they got um, larger and started to cause me more of an issue, I would have had to have surgery to have them removed again. And I said to him, why don't we just do the partial hysterectomy? Like, uh, is that not an option? But, and I was in my late 20s. And so he's like, "Mm, I don't know about that. And I'm like, you know, that's when we started having the conversation about the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm totally down with what I'm saying to you. I know a lot of women say, no, I'm fine with this. And then later on, they regret it. Trust me, I'm not that chick. <laughs> I'm fine with this. And so we went round and around for several months. And then it was like I had to bring my husband, like I'm five, into the doctor's office. <laughs> and I, I guess I understand why to some extent, because the decision that we're about to make does impact you, too, if we're going to stay together. 
which was the plan <laughs> all then, along. I know, right? Then if I do this, then it means that your ability to have a child biologically is also done. And so, I, I mean, I get it to some extent, but yes, he had to come in and swear on a stack of Bibles that he was going to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So yes, he had to go to my appointment. So um, what was that like for you? It was interesting in uh, the gynecological As I said, moments. it was very interesting and I had to sit there and, and you know, it's funny, I've, I've had a number of conversations with your physicians um, over the years um, the the hilarious part was when you finally had the procedure. My mother in law, oh, I love my mother in law. I love my mother. Did I say I love my mother in law? My mother in law has been there probably for each and every procedure. And you know, okay, I'm a man, and when it comes to lady issues, I'm as dumb as a brick. So I'm just going to be honest with you. But my mother in law was there, so she could kind of. Um, pose those questions that I wouldn't necessarily know to pose or think of posing at the time. So when you had that procedure, oh boy, she got Dr. Commodore alone. It wasn't anything pretty. I'm just going to say <laughs> she, she <laughs> I mean it, it, to know my mother, she is very blunt and straightforward. She's going to say what she's going to say and, and when I told my wife, because my wife was like in the recovery room and when I told my wife what she said, my wife was like Oh, mm. uh, she she my mother in law point blank said, had you done this sooner, perhaps we'd be further along when she asked about this procedure. I was like, whoa. Um, <laughs> so um, but, yeah, it's, it, it's been interesting. And as I said, uh, you know. I wanted you to do what was comfortable for you that was going to make things comfortable for you, the difficulties and. Uh, things that you've had to go through as it relates to that. Um, I've always wanted you to be comfortable, and you've had quite a few procedures. I have, yeah. I've had a lot. It's about, what, six? Six. Six or so I've had. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've had quite a few. And the more I've spent in the recovery room, the more I've said, okay, all right, it's time to start. Because I finally started. My mother-in-law was asking, and again, it's very hilarious to be in a recovery room with my mother-in-law. Um um, <laughs> while the doctor explains things to us, but I, I found myself becoming a little more vocal because, you know, the, these, as, as we get older, our bodies tend to change and, um, what once would be a natural or routine, um, procedure, uh, starts to not be so after a minute. And, that was my concern for you. And I finally had to tell, you know, ask the doctor, okay, look, this is number, we're on number six here or whatever. I I, I just need some answers if you, if you can give them to me. Um, and I, I was a little more, I pressed a little more um, as we went along. Yeah, I've had, um, you know, I did have the partial hysterectomy um, at, what was I, 29? Mm-hmm. Something like that. But um, endometriosis and fibroids are separate issues. So while it took care of the fibroids, um, the endometriosis attacks the ovaries. And so the reason why my mom ate up my first gynecologist, <laughs> she, she stung him, was because he almost had to remove an ovary um, because the endometriosis and scar tissue from that was really bad. But he was able to, to salvage that and he was kind of proud of himself and then she's like yeah had you done this when she asked you to perhaps we could have caught all that <laughs> um and then 
um, after the fibroids were removed, after a couple of years, I started to have some similar symptoms and it was really wigging me out. And so I was young, so I didn't understand at the time that endometriosis and fibroids, like in my brain, when they did the partial hysterectomy, which would remove the uterus, that it was going to take care of all of my symptoms. And so I was like, wait, what is going on? And so then because they don't want to take the ovaries because the the hormone production is is good for heart health and et cetera. Um, I've had multiple surgeries to try and sustain um, those. And so um, it was just a testament to knowing that the decision that we made or the, the thought process that I had, even as a teenager, as a young woman, was the right way to go because I've had quite a bit of stuff happen. And again, women don't even talk about this type of stuff, women of color, like what we're talking about now. All of these things are real issues that, you know, you don't think about when you're younger necessarily, and then you get ready to try to have a family and you run into all of these roadblocks. And I just feel sometimes like, you know, I've said this before, it really breaks my heart when I hear women say, I guess God doesn't want me to be a parent or I'm not going to be a mom because they're not able to have a child biologically. Um, because again, the condition I was in, yeah, the fibroids may have made it a little easier, but you can really have trouble when, you know, you need both ovaries and uterus to cooperate <laughs> in order for you to have a successful pregnancy and having the endometriosis on top of it, you know, and for one ovary to be as bad as it was when he went in there to do the surgery, it's no guarantee that I would have been able to do that, you know, biologically, naturally. Um, and so what do you say to people? Um, and I hear it more from women, but that may be because I am a woman. And so we have more of these discussions. I don't think this conversation is one men have pretty regularly, but what would you say to people who really feel defeated and like, they're just never going to be able to be a parent because they cannot have a child biologically? Well, I'm blunt and I'll say it straight out. Adoption is an option, you know, and it, it's, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. Uh, you know, you have to shift your paradigm and you have to, you know, you said it very, you know, a number of times of you want to be a parent, right? That's your goal. If you want to be a parent, if you want to be a parent, there's, there's obviously the biological route, but there's also the, um, the adoption route. And that can either be private or public. It depends on which which path you choose to take, and um, you know I, I've I've shared our story a few times with a few people, and or when people have been curious and asked about you know why we went to we wanted to be a family, and um, we're a family of love, and that's it. I mean, your goal if your goal is to be a parent, and this route is not working for you. As difficult as it may be, you just you may need to shift your parent your 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 paradigm if being a parent is your goal. Yeah, I would agree. It's a it's a way of thinking that you have to get behind. Um, if you know, I just think sometimes you just like you said, you have to be open to what God. He he may not be saying he doesn't want you to be a parent. Just that you know, there's a child he has waiting for you. It's just coming in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. than what you may have had in your in your mind, and being willing to say that you're open to that. Uh, and what about people who? Um, this is another conversation I've had with several people. So obviously, we've both been very open about adoption, and we do have a special needs child. 
And I've had a lot of people say, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if, oh, that's for me. And and they almost, you know, they feel like that's part of the reason why they don't want to do it because you're not sure if you could end up with a child with a disability of some sort, especially when you're talking about mental health, social, emotional. It's not something that shows up on a test, right? Nobody can look on a test and say, hey, your, your child's going to be autistic. You know, I mean, nobody's going to be, she's going to have a mental illness. I mean, you can't see that on a screen. So what about people who, and I've had people ask that, well, weren't you worried about that? You could end up with a child. Or they compare the reason why they're not doing it. They, they say, because I could end up with, you know, a child with a disability. What, what do you say to people who are going through that in their minds? Again, you know, we've talked about that as well. And, and, and our, our, I think we're on the same page as it, as it relates to that. Those same variables or conditions could come in a biological circumstance. So why is that any, I mean, why is that even a factor or any different? Um, you know, so your, your goal is to, to be a parent and give a child a good home and to love a child. And if there, you know, obviously if there are conditions on, on um, what you're willing to accept, you got to do what's good for you. But then perhaps this is not the route for you to go. But that that child needs a home regardless. And you trying to predict how they're going to turn out, where they're going to turn out, what they're going to turn out to be, you, you run yourself crazy. And that, you know, again, that could happen in a biological situation as well. So that's that's pretty much what I say. And I've never understood why that's so hard for people to get, that you could have a biological. I mean, there are no guarantees regardless of how you become a parent. You don't know what's going to happen down the f- in the future. You don't know what, you know, you could have the sickle cell trait and didn't know it and have a ch- I mean, there's, you know, there's just no end to what could happen. You could just have a child who, who has a disability, no real reason why. And so I guess that's always been very fascinating to me that people spend so much time worried about that when this could happen even if you had a child biologically. And that's kind of how I've always felt about it. I think that we were given what God wanted us to have, that these were the babies we were to have. And I've always said that as difficult as it can be at times to raise a child with a disability, especially now that she's a young adult. And, you know, I'm supposed to really be in more of an advisory role, but we still have to parent her in some ways as though she's still a young child. Um, as difficult as it can be some days, I worry about what would have happened to her if she hadn't been with two people who were committed to doing what they had to do for her, no matter what, mm-hmm. um, and where she could have ended up. Um, and, you know, and the blessing to have a child like our son who um, does not have any um, disabilities. So, we, you know, we had the opportunity to experience that as well. Um, which isn't something people ask me about a lot. You know, they mostly ask me about my child with special needs. And it's like, you know, you could end up with a a child like my son too. You know, whatever crazy he has, it's our fault. (laughs) I'm just going, you know, we did it, (laughs) you know. That was nurtured. (laughs) So it's like, you know, to to spend a lot of time worrying about that, to me is sad because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you don't know what you would have had if you were able to get pregnant and have a child biologically. Um, and so uh, that's it's sad to me. But again, like you said, then maybe you shouldn't do this. If that's what you're worried about, then, you know, maybe you need to keep trying the biological route if that's the concern you have. 
Uh, is Are there any parting words of advice you want to give to people who are um, seeking this uh, journey and they're going to start this journey in, in adoption? What What would you say to them? Well, I think what's worked best for you and I is that, you know, we've had these upfront conversations for you know, couples, younger couples, or, or even older couples for that matter, um, who are, are, you know, they want to have children. Um, it's good to have conversations up front and earnest conversations um, as well. Um, do what's best for you and your unit and, you know, try to close close down the outside noise because you have to do what's best for your household. Um, find, we were blessed with a lot of support. We had a lot of support surrounding us, um, people who, um, could guide us through this process because I'm not going to sit here and pretend to say it was as smooth as silk. Um, it was not necessarily as smooth as silk. It, it, there, there was some trial and error, um, in the, in the, in this process. Um, but what made it easy getting through that, getting through it was, the, was the support that we had surrounding us. So make sure you surround yourself with, uh, a supportive cast of people, um, you know, hopefully your adoption agency, wh whoever you choose to go through, will have those supports in place. Um, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Ask those questions because you need to know because you need to make decisions, as I said, for your unit and your household, what's going to work best for you, but what's also going to work best for the child. Um, let's keep it, you know, keep it child centered, child focused um, when when you're doing it, because you want to make sure that you're in a good place and that the child is in a good place. Thank you very much. I think that's a great way to end. So I appreciate you for being my guest today. You're so welcome. <laughs> so excited. He was here with me today. Uh, if there's anything you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, as always, you can hit me up at KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. Again, that is KDT at InMyShoesToday.com. That's all the time we have for today. And so until next time, be blessed.